Hello and welcome to the Speak Female podcast, the podcast that is on a mission to empower, coach and educate women as well as allies around the world to become more confident, knowledgeable and to have the opportunity to listen to real subjects that they can either relate to or learn something from. Speak female as a term is defined by changing the meaning around words, phrases and stereotypes that tend to have a negative association towards women. Speak female is about how we can and will edit the narrative to build a value community with a goal to see justice in the world. I'm your host, Lucy Grimwade, and I wear many hats where I think and encourage others to think outside of the box. I'm an ICF qualified coach, senior IT improvement manager, and of course, audio and visual podcaster. For season three, I have introduced panel style conversations on topics such as leadership, confidence and menopause. This is alongside a couple of interviews with incredible women doing incredible things. Now let's speak female. Hello and welcome back to the Speak Female podcast. I am so incredibly excited to introduce you to Jo Reeves. So I met Jo quite a while ago really um, when I attended a barefoot coaching open day and we instantly connected. So Jo Reeves is a coach and she also runs the Women's Development Coaching Programme. In this episode, Joe and I have a really good conversation around repression of women, how we can stand up for ourselves, and also how we can empower men and women in our lives. Joe, welcome to Speak Female. Thank you, Lucy. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and I feel like it has been kind of long awaiting and I'm just so happy that we are having this conversation today. Likewise, likewise. I got up this morning and thought, you know what, I know what I'm doing today. I'm speaking to Lucy and I'm blooming excited. So yes. 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 So Joe, I'm going to dive straight in and I want to ask you, Why is it still so important that we talk about female topics and problems? Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you've called it topics and problems rather than issues. I know we've already previously spoken about that because it it is still a problem. And and I guess let's make a start. Let's make a start by the the gender pay gap. Right. It's still there. I, I only checked this morning, actually, just to make sure that my stats were correct. This. Um. And even with COVID, the impact of COVID and working from home, yeah, it has gone down, but we're still looking at a gender pay gap of 15.5%. Wow. 2021. 15.5%, right? And that, interestingly as well, when you start to look at senior management roles, leadership roles, right, that gap starts to get bigger as well. And so I find with my with my coaching um, that I'm still seeing the same derailers for women that aren't necessarily relevant for men. So we're looking at imposter syndrome is still a huge derailer for women. People pleasing. Perfectionism. And, and, And also when we think about the 
And when we think about leadership or senior roles, and this is where it becomes really relevant for women, and I'm sure you, you've heard this before, and maybe your listeners have heard this before, women need to make sure that when we've got that job spec, right, if we, let's, oh, I've got that, no, I haven't got that, oh, I haven't got, right, well, I'm not going to apply. And I'm not sure what the percentage is, but I'm pretty confident that it must be around like 80-odd percent of those job spec that women, you've got to hit those before they will even consider applying. When I know it is not the same for men. And so what is that? What is, what is that gap that is stopping women really fulfilling their, yeah, dare I say it, dreams and career dreams and aspirations? Um, so this is why it is still important that we are having these discussions. Dare I also bring into this toxic masculinity? Because I know we've, we've previously spoken about this offline, but it's, as far as I'm concerned, feminism, female issues, inverted commas, I know we don't like to talk about issues, but it's, it's a problem. Um, it's the same fight as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the thing that I, a lot of comments that come my way because I'm, I'm involved working with women and feminism is that, well, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you be supporting women when the suicide rate for men under 30 is so high, right? Well, yeah, exactly. It's the same blooming fight. Misogyny is the same fight for women and men and so it's it's although I work predominantly within the women's development space I think it's really important for me to shout out that it isn't just around oh we've got this pay gap and it's a female problem actually it's a men it's a male problem as well and so what we need to consider is okay how do we join forces then and make it the same fight against misogyny, the patriarch, I mean, gosh, I could go on and get on my soapbox here. Like, <laughs> um, but that's what's really important. So, yeah, that's why, that's why we're still having these conversations. Yeah, and there's so much to unpack there with what you've just said, and thank you. And something that you, you said kind of triggered something in my mind, and you and I had talked about this, that... I had done a comment on a LinkedIn post and I ended up taking it down because mm. a man commented on it saying that I, you know, my post was so like, you know, not political at all. It was just someone had said about the gender pay gap. No, no, no. About working from home yes. and how um, people are taking pay, pay cuts. Now they're going to be working from home. And then I said on there, I can't help but to wonder how this would further impact the gender pay gap. Yes you know, because more women tend to want to work from home. And this chap who, because I looked at his profile, commented on mine, all in caps, kind of how I kind of perceived it, shouting at me, shouting like, you don't know, all your friends are female. Well, actually, dude, I have Mm. a real kind of mixed bag of friends. And I also, if you looked at my profile, you see I work in tech. So most Mm. of my friends are actually male. And most of the people I work with are male so yes. you know and I guess, I guess the kind of question I'm kind of leading on here is 
you're right around that is the same fight it's not a women's issue or a men's issue it's a human problem it's a human yeah. problem that we all need to look at and what do you think is are the first things that we could start to look at around trying to help each other out here I just want to comment on that post that you I know you took down yeah. you know what would that man have commented in caps if you were a man mm. is my question that's a great question would he probably uh, not <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly what is driving him to make that comment what is he frightened of I guess right and it's it, there is something about fear and you know I am going a little bit off piste here but I'm a mother of a son, he's six, and I'm already battling this drip feeding of gender issues, right, from from the playgrounds, you know, from the colour pink to the colour blue to the toys to this, that's a girl thing, that's a boy thing, and I'm like, he's six, He's six years of age. So it's no wonder that, let's call him Caps Man. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm making an assumption he's of a certain age, right? It's no wonder that he's feeling this fear. Because if he's been drip fed this misogynistic gender separation thing that he feels this need to sort of defend his brother's against what is what seemed to be an attack against men. Well, it isn't. It isn't. And the sooner we all drop our arms and go, let's have a conversation about misogyny killing both sides of genders. Yes, you know, we could go into a conversation around abuse, domestic abuse, all of those things, which we know it's, 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 it's spoke about, it's in the news, right? But then also, we also know that male suicide rate is so high. Hold on a minute. Can we not just see what's going on here? And so how do do we approach this? That's a big, blowing question, isn't it? How? I guess, for me, where I sit with this is about having these conversations and calling it out. Um, You know, I dare you to put that post back up, actually, Luce. I dare you to see what happens. Put something out there again and stand firm. Stand firm, you know, because the more we have these conversations, the more we can start to to break down what's, break down the, I don't know, the fear of these conversations, I think, because it is fear. Mm. I think there's something about, there's something about it's, if we look at this as a big, huge thing, it, 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 it's it's never gonna we're never gonna attack it. We have to attack it in these bite-sized things. So when when it comes up, call it out. And I think that's something that we all need to do, men and women, because I think actually we we'll talk about female problems. This is a man, man problem as well. It's a male problem as well. So men need to start calling it out with men. Yeah. Calling out with women, right? Um, but that uh, there's a thing that we talk about in my women's development program, 
And it's the three stages of change by Schopenhauer. I think that's how you pronounce it. Don't <laughs> <put> me down. <laughs> but he talks about these three stages of change. And the reason I'm going to mention this is because I think it's really important that any change of this magnitude isn't going to happen overnight, right? Because there's three stages of it. There's, according to Schopenhauer, there's ridicule. Huh. Haven't we all experienced that? And haven't didn't you just experience ridicule, caps man? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The next is violent opposition. Oh, hello. Maybe that with the caps. That, that was loud. That was shouty. That's violent opposition. And the third is acceptance of self-evident. So we've got to have this, these stages of ridicule and this violent opposition to, to potentially get to where we need to go. To bring this to light, I, I know we've spoken about this off, offline, but um, there was a, not that I'm into uh, ultra marathons, by the way, just my cat to this <laughs> but to bring this to life this this sort of a, this these three stages of change there was a ultra marathon runner right in australia called cliff young um and he was a farmer right never never done this marathon before in his life but thought oh do you know what i i have to tend to my thousands of acres i reckon i could do it and i think this ultra marathon is something like sydney to melbourne where it's a, it's a colossal um it's a colossal distance so off he went shuffling along with his wellies on caveat i don't know if he was wearing wellies but in my head when i bring this to life he is and he sort of shuffles along well what happened was he was ridiculed first day ridiculed by all of these pro athletes that had trained for years to do this ultra marathon he was laughed at in fact there were there was um, the media sort of followed him around, laughing at him, you know, doing these interviews as he's sort of shuffling along. But what he was doing, though, he didn't stop. So all these other athletes were stopping for their breaks and their sleep time and rest time. Well, he just kept shuffling along. So which then it, the second stage to bring this to light now is his violent opposition. Well, you can't do that. That's not in the rules. You can't do that. Well, I checked the rules and... Guess what? There's nothing to say. He couldn't stop. So off he carried on shuffling, shuffling along in this way. And so I guess the point I'm getting to here is that now, Google it, this ultra marathon, now athletes don't stop. They do this young shuffle, this, this, this way of running to do this ultra marathon. And that is the way it is now. Mm. Since the self-evident. And I guess, right, to just wanted to bring that up because what we need to keep doing is, you know what, we both, we, there's going to be a bit of ridicule. There will be. So what? That we are going to be, there are going to be moments of violent opposition. Yep. So what? I mean, we've got to stay firm. We've got to hold hands and weather the storm, right? But we've got to, we've got to anchor in because change won't happen otherwise, right? We've got to have these conversations. And some of these conversations may be that we get ridiculed sometimes. How? Sorry, and just to... Because okay. I know what I've been in the sort of office banter. Oh, Joe, it's only bants. It's not. Mm. 
it's not and that's so, you know you put you have to be prepared for a bit of that bit of ridicule in that position so sorry I interrupted no not at all and actually that's I was going to ask you how do we stay resilient but I just want to pick up on what you just said there about office banter mm. and you know I think people are going to be sick of me hearing this podcast you know I'm a woman in tech so I have just kind of experienced office banter and I'm saying this in air quotes for a long long time and it, it had gone from oh your bum looks nice in those trousers to mm. oh I can see your, your bra through your top and um something more recently wasn't necessarily directed at me per se but um looking at recruiting and the kind of thing that came up was like well women don't want to do oh you know well women don't want to work like night shifts well how do you know that how do you know oh wow what an assumption there what an assumption wow what a loaded assumption (laughs) exactly um one of the things again I I start to talk about it very, very, very early on in any programs that I deliver or any one-to-one that I deliver. And then is around assertive communication and how we stand firm speaking our truth. Mm. And it takes practice, actually, because guess what? We've been drip-fed, especially women, you know, the derailers I've already mentioned around people-pleasing. We love to people-please. We don't want to offend. Oh, oh, I'm really sorry. <clears throat> yeah the word sorry there by the way yeah sorry sorry sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's around how we can speak our truth and stand in our power assertively and and achieving a win-win mm. for both us and the other party that we're talking to and, and communicating with and so there's lots of ways and there's lots of tools that we can we that you can bring to light that will be useful. Often using I statements from a you know from the very easiest way of considering is using I statements and I feel X you know when you did Y right, um, rather than you or finger pointing you did this and I'm feeling. Thinking about I statements is really useful, but again to tap on just what you've mentioned there. Don't say sorry. Why, what are we apologising for? Women. In fact, I dare your listeners right, to do two things for me. Right? Go over some old emails. Go over some old emails and see how many times you've used the word sorry in an email and the word just. Oh, just. Just. I just sorry, I just want a quick word. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just want a quick... And I dare your listeners to take those words out and reread it back. So bet you already you're dancing in a more assertive space and you're speaking your truth more comfortably. Now, that's a really quick win to start having communication in a more assertive manner. Don't apologise for standing in your power. Don't apologise for speaking your truth. Hmm. Often, and I hear this a lot from the women I work with. Oh, I can't be assertive because assertiveness is bossy. No, what, sorry? No, no, it's not. Who, t- who told you that? Oh, man. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Assertiveness isn't bossy. Assertiveness is achieving a win-win. I'm all right. You're all right. Win-win. I want to speak my truth, but I'm going to listen to your response respectfully. 
So it's so in answer to that question that I'm getting, I've gone all around the eyes. <laughs> I'm, I'm animating myself here. Um, it's about having. It's starting with starting with assertive conversations where you are speaking your truth. If someone says something to you about your bra or your bum or having assumptions, practice it first. How how you respond? I feel offended by that comment. I would invite you not to to make comments about my underwear in the office. Is that is that bossy? No. Is that assertive? Yeah. Here's the thing. When we aren't asserting our truth, when we aren't speaking our truth regularly, and I bet you know, there's a lot of people thinking, oh, blimey, I wish I'd have said that. And we often have that, God, I wish I'd have said that to her. Yeah. I just said that to her. God. By not speaking your truth regularly, like, Again, this is a drip feeding. You, it's you're damaging your self worth. There said it. it. It's you're damaging your self worth. You are your your self esteem is going to take a hit because you think because you, you it's it's you're not speaking your truth. You, you're not promoting your self efficacy. Yeah, Joe. I just just something you're saying there has made me think about the kind of speaking your your truth and actually you're right you don't have to kind of go and like I don't know I'm saying aggressive but I don't necessarily mm. mean that if something is making you feel uncomfortable you are in every right to go that's making me feel uncomfortable and this is why do you think that maybe you need to go and do some sort of training to realize how you should be speaking to your colleagues <laughs> and the conversation that I had about that assumption and I you know being a coach it kind of comes naturally to me but I was I just kind of pushed back and said oh that's really interesting that you you think that way can you explain to me what evidence you have that that means that women won't want to work night Mm -hmm. shifts Mm -hmm. and I think you know it's also about you know if you feel uncomfortable and if you feel it in your gut you know it's not right you should always speak out and Mm -hmm there's ways of saying it and actually if you end up telling someone to piss off or f off or whatever you want to say you know you're in you're in your right if someone's saying that they can see your boobs through your top that's so so not okay in all oh my sorts goodness. let me tell you if someone can make comment about my breasts at work they, they'd be getting they'd be punched assertive conversation <laughs> i feel quite offended no oh God. Yeah. <laughs> right let me tell you however um I appreciate that what stops people from is is, is what, what do I say? What can I say that is safer than going off? Fuck off, you ignorant, whatever. But you yeah. know, <laughs> like speaking your truth though is really important. I'm offend, um, I would invite you not to pass comments of my underwear in work mm-hmm. because it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't pass comment on yours. There's loads of ways, but incidentally, though, you know, what stops a lot of women from having speaking their truth is because of that. There is a little bit of fear; they're not used to it, so they'd rather stay quiet than speak a truth. Well, actually, speaking, staying quiet, you might as well allude, collude with them. So, but it does take practice, and I want to, I want to really shout this out. You know, we're both coaches. 
these things do come slightly easy, but there's been times, recent times, as a coach, when I've really had to dig deep and take a swallow, you know, you know, take a deep breath, swallow, and say it. Because even if even say even for me, like I'll check me out, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's less expert in speaking the truth. I'm not, but even for me, I'm like, yeah, I find it difficult at times. I want to what I what I want to say is that. These things do take practice. Practice it. Start practicing. And you can start by speaking your truth with how you communicate on your emails and your texts and your WhatsApp messages. Start there. And guess what? It gets easier. So by the time Dave from accounts passed comments about your, your knickers, you are well equipped to have a very assertive comeback. Yeah. With a smile. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that the Dave from accounts. I always say Dave. I feel so sorry because one of my yeah. biggest allies is, De- is his name is Dave. And I always go, oh, you know, Dave from accounts. And it is always accounts, isn't it, that we say? Yeah, yeah sorry to all, to all my Dave mates. Yeah, sorry to my Dave mates as well, especially my biggest ally, Dave. Yeah. I want to ask you, Joe, just around the couple of things that you said at the beginning around that perfectionism and imposter mm. syndrome. Mm. Now, I'm not too sure what the question is here that I'm asking you, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to say the terms to you. Perfectionism and imposter syndrome. Mm. What the hell, man? Well, go on. OK, so look, um, perfectionism. Let's start with perfectionism. It's this is a biggie, right? And I don't want to go too serious, but I'm going to go too serious. This can be um, really impact your mental health, actually, if you dance in this space a lot like a lot and it's this fear of it has to be it has to be 100 percent everything it has to be 100 percent and again it's driven by sort of fear it's, it's driven by all sorts of things and, and perfectionism can be can really derail i say people but i'm you know talking in the space of women here and and, and it can anchor them to do all sorts of or stop them doing all sorts of things. So I'll often invite women to start thinking about how might you, how might you dial it to 95? Just knock it down 5%. What would that look like? And after that, oh, well, well, do you need to be, does it have to be flat out all the time? Can we not dial it down? So, you know, right, instead of reading that email back 10 times, Read that email back seven times. Try it, I dare you. And, and thinking about this is really helpful. What, what's the worst thing that could happen if X happened, right? I don't know. I'm going to bring myself into this because not that I'm a perfectionist, but I... I certainly had traits of this sort of fear. And, and so I'm dyslexic and it was, an, it, was, it was a diagnosis I didn't get until I was um, an adult, actually. So I went through school kind of not just feeling like, blimey, gosh, everyone else seems to be getting this a lot easier than I am. But, and it wasn't picked up. Um, and so I kind of formed a belief that... I wasn't academic. And this stuck with me through all of my career. Now, prior to working as a coach, I was a 
drug and alcohol counsellor many, many years in Birmingham, as you can tell by my beautiful Brummy tones, um, which meant that part of my role was writing a lot of court reports and child protection reports and all sorts of things, probation reports. So this notion that I'm not academic, is, is that true? Well, of course it bloody isn't true. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to have written these reports, but I was still anchoring onto these things. So basically I was feeding myself this narrative that I'm not academic. And so every single time that I did make an error, be it a grammatical error or a spelling mistake of maybe 0.1% of that report was, everything else was perfect, but this one tiny little grammatical error was, that would be what I'd focus on. Because that was feeding the narrative of, oh, I'm not academic. So we're linking into these beliefs here. Which is it true? No, it's not true. But I also, but I want what I want to say is that I get it. I get that fear of, oh my God, what will happen if? Because it's it all it's all linked to your beliefs, right? Something's caused that, something's linked to it. So perfectionism, it, it's a big derailer and it's a big topic, but when you start to notice, when you start to bring attention to this behaviour, you start to get a little bit of your power back. Okay, so if you're noticing that you are staying, you know, two hours late at work, rereading that report for the gazillionth time, hmm, maybe you should bring awareness to, is, is, is this helpful? <laughs> is this helpful behaviour? You know, um, what is it that what is it that's you know what what fear have you got for for pressing send? I don't know, but it's to dial it down. That's the first thing we often do to, is just to bring attention to it, dial it down. When does it need to be hundred percent? When will actually eighty percent be okay? Because that's let's be honest, eighty percent, even fifty percent in some of our tasks can be absolutely okay. Yeah, and breaking it down and, and sort of bringing light to that can be really refreshing and takes your blinkers off actually so, so that, that, that's perfection in a very very quick hybrid sort of way now imposter syndrome now this is this is when and it's I, I hear this banded around a lot on social media this day these days I've got a bit of imposter syndrome and it kind of plays it down imposter syndrome is big actually and it can stop you from following your dreams and following your aspirations and your career goals. Yep. So it isn't just a little bit of imposter syndrome. It can be bloody, it can be a, a massive derailer. And it is more common in women than men. Yep. So it, what, what you might find if you are experiencing imposter syndrome is things like, I'm a fraud. Mm. Um, everybody else everybody else is more qualified than I am. I don't have the right experience. What am I doing here? I'm going to get found out. There is, there's, this, there's this thing with imposter syndrome. And it's a re, it can be a real visceral feeling of I'm going to get found out that I'm not as good as everyone thinks I am. And you're nodding here and I'm nodding too because I've been there too. Yep. But again, when I was writing these reports back in my counseling and, you know, drug and alcohol work, what am I doing? I'm going to get found out that I'm not, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I yeah. clearly did. I clearly bloody did. 
but it was this sensor. And so, yeah, it's, the, and there are things that you can do to start looking at imposter syndrome too. There are some tools that, again, we do a lot in our programs and a lot of the work that I do with women. But one of the things I invite women to do is start by looking at your achievements. Write them down. What are your achievements? What are your su successes? Because often, again, if you are anchored to a belief that you are fraud, you're going to start looking for all of the evidence to support that yeah. rather than the other things. Okay. Um, so start focusing your attention on those successes. A great thing that you can do, and, and I invite anyone here who's listening who has got imposter syndrome, write your own job reference. What would you write for somebody else? Or what would some, you know, what think about those things if someone said, Will you write me a job reference? Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, do it for yourself. Yeah. I love that. Welcome. It's good. It's and you're like, oh. Because you start then to remember, like, oh yeah, I did win an award. For the, I tell you this, and this is the I am going a little bit off piece and getting excited again, but <laughs> it's okay. I was doing this similar exercise, and it was back in those hedonistic days, loose when we could meet face to face in a room. Do you remember that? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My program um, and a big corporate um, in a big corporate organization in a big corporate space, and I. I you know, the big uh, flip charts and I put them around. I said, right, I want you all to start filling this page full of your achievements. Quick fire, right? You've got five minutes, loads of pens, you know? And I noticed this one woman was really struggling. She sat down and she's I said, what's, you okay? She said, Joe, I don't have any achievements. I said, really? Not one? Well, no, not one that warrants being put down on paper. Really? I said, well, she wouldn't have to work. I said, well, what about, what do you do in your home life? What about hobbies? Anyway, so we had a conversation and eventually, get this, eventually she said, well, I suppose there's one thing that I could put down. I said, what's that? She said, well, I play netball for Team GB. My mouth's just opened. Wow. Right. I said, what? Um, she said, well, that do. I said, will it do? Yeah. That's amazing. What? But... My point being is that sometimes you can be so blinkered yeah. with looking at all of those, when you've got imposter syndrome, all of those evidence to support the fact you're a fraud and you're not good enough and you, you get things wrong and you're blah, 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 blah. But you forget those other things, those successes and those glorious achievements. So anyone that's listening, write down, do it, quick fire, write a list of your achievements from that colouring competition that you won when you were six to the egg and spoon race, write it all down because it's all blooming relevant to maybe anything that you've been commended by your at work. And if you've written, and if you've played netball at Team GB, yeah, that that is <laughs> I'm loving the uh, egg and spoon race and the colouring competition as well. <laughs> like I absolutely love that. But actually, I'm thinking of when I was super young. I used to swim a lot and I ended mm. up doing a lot of swimming for our local town and I forget about that and actually that's an achievement so I think I'm going to add that to my brag list put put it on that blooming list absolutely <laughs> I will. Yeah, my invitation would be what would Capsman be writing on his list just yeah Yes, yeah, <laughs> Lucy Grimwade saw her and gave her abuse. Gave her abuse. Shut me out. <laughs> oh, caps man. Poor guy. Caps man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I also, when you were talking about imposter syndrome there, and I was nodding my head along as you were talking, and actually what I found for myself is that if I've been in environments that haven't allowed me to be authentically myself Mm -hmm. or let me kind of be successful, that has triggered a lot of imposter syndrome for me and actually it made me sick and I was very very unwell with stress because I felt like I was just not good enough crying a lot going into the office you know I was commuting in and out of London don't do that anymore thank goodness Um, and I was commuting in and out of London but I was crying my whole way there because I felt like I wasn't good enough and it was because the organization I was working for made me kind of accelerated I obviously had already my own I can't blame the whole company for that I already have my own issues but it accelerated it for me that's a really important point because you know if you are underrepresented at work whether that is gender whether that is sexuality whether you know your whether it's your ethnicity I think that can trigger imposter syndrome or certainly to use your point accelerate if there's a seed there, that's going to accelerate it. Yeah. And this is why, again, why it's so bloody important that diversity is an inclusion is, is, is high on everyone's agenda, actually. It's in everyone's best bloody interest, right? Mm. Um, but it's a really good point. And I think um, thinking about that, and if anyone's listening and they're thinking, well, oh, actually, yeah, I am underrepresented. Maybe that is why. Yeah. Give yourself... Give yourself a break. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Maybe, maybe what, what can you do to start speaking your truth within the organisation or team or social group yeah. that, that will help, you know? It all does come back to kind of speaking your truth. Mm, like that you just said there about your social group as well Mm -hmm. because there's been some conversations I've had with clients and even myself and actually if you do a bit of a life audit to like what's going on you'll sometimes see that the friends that don't support you can kind of hold you back from doing certain things and I can definitely I I saw you put your hand up there I think we've all we've all been there with certain types of people I am high-fiving you literally boom ting because yes this can be a biggie because again we we have these life narratives don't we oh my friends in school they're my friends in school you know we're friends for life and you know and a friend audit or a um a social audit or can be really useful because from what you know people grow people change what was acceptable when you were a teenager, you now isn't acceptable as a as a woman, you know, in your forties. Um, and he's giving yourself permission to say that's okay. So I, I think, and again, we we use there's there's lots of different terms like a radiator, you know. I think there's a the the vampire, the one that sucks all your energy, yeah. stuff, you know. And I think it's really useful to have these conversations, and you know. Yeah, I just want to say it's okay. You don't. It, what What are you? What are you anchoring, or what are you hooking that friend or that behaviour or to? You know. So if you are, I've got a friend that's constantly sort of you know, challenging you, or not championing you, or competitive. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. 
okay is are you are you happy to continue this relationship knowing that that's how they make you feel and if you know you go yeah okay I, I know that that's what they do and that's how they make me feel I'm still going to continue okay well look you you've brought attention to it and it's it's a conscious decision that you've made but my invitation is to is to is to all of us is that I bet you we don't actually think about this consciously and so do think about it consciously what do you get from this mm-hmm. right? I think that's an action for the listeners to take away that after they've listened to this episode, as well as the dare that you've given them around going back through the emails. Dare you all. Dare you all. But I also dare you all as well Mm -hmm. to do that kind of life audit, split it Mm -hmm. into friends, social life, family life, Mm -hmm. work life, hobby life. What, how are things serving you? And if you're having, if your job isn't right for you, that's okay. There's coaches out there. There's, resources out there you know email joe or i we we're more than happy to help you friends as well you know joe and i have both been there we've kind of had people in our lives actually you don't serve me anyway anymore so therefore i'm going to step step away from you joe yes wanted to kind of finish the podcast by asking you about barefoot coaching's program which is the women's development program tell me tell me and the listeners all about it my god I love this um so it's a five session program that's run virtually we've got one starting actually a big shout out and a shameless plug um the 15th of Jan 2022 when I when I wrote 2022 by the way I was like well anyway we all know why why and when that happened okay (laughs) this development program is a group coaching program for women. Mm. And it's only it's only ever maximum of 15 women. So it's an intimate group that takes you on a oh god, I was gonna say the J word loose. Journey. Mm. <laughs> it takes you on a route through all things personal development. So we foundations. I've spoken a lot about um speaking your truth and standing in your power so we look at communication we look at assertiveness what it is what it isn't what happens if you don't we cover all of the derailers that we've spoken about here this um this morning around perfectionism about imposter syndrome um it's all done as well in this very beautifully safe psychologically safe space of like minded women and it's all anchored in a coaching approach so not only will you learn these wonderful tools and techniques that will hopefully you can then implement into your work and home life you also learn some really useful coaching tools that you can actually then use yourself within your workplace too so you, it's it, it's a beautiful program it's one I'm really really proud of um, and this one we have starting in um in January it's a mix of um weekdays and a Saturday as well so if we can try and you know it's it's not all in the weeks you don't have to worry too much about too much time off but um I know that you'll put it somewhere the link to have this and so and like if anyone wants to chat about it you know holler contact me and I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you about um sort of more of the intricacies and isms of the program but okay I'm really blooming proud of and one actually that we that's we, that I've got into some very big organizations now thank blooming goodness brilliant 
I was just about to ask you that as well. So is the Women's Development Programme for individuals just to join? Yeah, or absolutely. Okay, but yeah. also can companies also bring that in? Yeah, Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the one that we have starting in January, that's public. Anyone can come and join this space, right? This beautiful, psychologically safe space. Um, however, yeah, like I said, I'm so blooming proud of the fact that we've now got this program into some really big uh, sort of banking groups now, um, organisations, councils, uh, and retailers that are realising the importance of this work and. Um, and why it's important to to have these conversations in the workplace. So yeah, if anyone's listening that wants to think about how that might work within their organisation, then please holler. Okay, so people can contact you, ask you loads of questions, but I'll also add the link in the show notes so people can check it out there as well. And I guess how I'd like to kind of officially end the podcast, Jo, is what's your kind of one bit of advice for females to kind of step into their kind of personal power almost. Mm. I'm closing my eyes actually because I want to feel it. And it always, always, always comes down to speaking your truth. And be prepared for some of those, (laughs) some ridicule and violent opposition, but in how speak your truth. Speak your truth. Yeah. Thank you, Joe, for joining me on Speak Female today. I've so enjoyed this very rich and powerful. I'm kind of having the rest of my day now feeling so empowered. So hopefully <laughs> the listeners are also going to kind of end with this episode feeling super empowered with some actions as well to take away. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak Female podcast. I've been your host, Lucy Grimwade. Check out the show notes where you will find contact details for the panellists that have been on this episode today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share across your networks. The more people we can reach, the better. And I will leave you with this. Be curious, be kind, and be the change you want to see in the world. Speak female soon.